this is going to be a tough pill to swallow on the Step Up to the Microphone podcast. Like I said, this one's going to be a tough pill to swallow for a bunch of people. You might not like where this one goes. I'm just going to give you a heads up right now before you get to listening. Because we're going to get into some deep stuff. Some true stuff. And to do that, we have to start with some Bible verses from Matthew and from Deuteronomy. We'll start with Matthew 5, 17 through 19. And they are directly from Yeshua's mouth. I'm going to call him Yeshua. That's his Hebrew name. So that's what we will call him. Yeshua Hamashiach. Here is what our Lord and Savior said here in verse 17 through 19. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them or to complete them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one, not one iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. What did he just say there? That the law is in effect still. The entire law from Deuteronomy. Now, of course, we can't complete the entire law from Deuteronomy right now because... Guess what? Or actually Leviticus. Because guess what? We don't have a temple. And we are under another's rule. We are not under the rule of Yahweh right now. We have been given to other countries with other laws. The Torah is not in in complete effect. So, let's go to Deuteronomy. Because people like to say that the law is not being held up. That Jesus nailed it to the cross and we don't have to abide by it anymore which is a fallacy. It's a lie. I've learned this myself in the past months. And it's always nagged me in the church, why don't we go by the whole Bible? Well, we'll get into that later. But let's read Deuteronomy 13 so that you can understand why the laws of Leviticus have to hold up and why Jesus is the Messiah. And why if he did not uphold the law or did away with the law, he would be the Antichrist. So this is very important. You need to know this scripture, Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 3. If a prophet or a dreamer or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder that he tells you comes to pass, and if he says, let us go after other gods, or let us not follow the law, you can take it as that too, which you have not known, and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. What did that just say? If you're told to do anything else than what is in the Torah, then not to listen to the person that told you to do that. Did Christ ever tell us to do anything else than what was in the Torah? No. He did not. I will tell you who did. The Roman Catholic Church. And we can prove that. We can prove that with the Council of La Dosia. And we can also prove that with the Council of Nicaea. The truth is, Christ doubled down on the law. He fulfilled the punishments of the law for Israel and Judah breaking the law. And that was what was nailed to the cross. 
the punishments of the law. He had to take them on. He was blameless. He was spotless. He did not do away with it, though. It still applies to us today. We are still going to have to be held up by it at the end of times at the White Throne Judgment. If you don't believe me, test it. Pick up your Bible and read it. Also understand that Paul did not go against the law either. He doubled down on it. We can see that in Acts 21, where the Apostle Paul takes on the vow of the Nazarite. If you don't know what a Nazarite is, it is someone that was set apart from the rest of the Hebrew people, the Jewish people, that could not drink wine. They had to grow their hair out. They had their heads shaved. They made a vow. They were holy to God. They were set apart. They could not do certain things because of their vow. They could not be near a dead body, for instance, or else they'd have to renew their vow. That's what a Nazarite was. That's the vow Paul took there in Acts 21. So if he was not upholding the law, why would he take the Nazarite vow? If he was preaching against the law, why would he take upon the Nazarite vow? He wouldn't. He wouldn't want to go anywhere near it. You have to know these things. Otherwise, the whole gospel can be misconstrued, twisted, and made to fit man's ways instead of God's ways. The whole entire New Testament can. We can't allow that to happen. The truth is the truth. The truth is God wrote the laws in the Old Testament. There is a New Testament. There should be neither an Old or a New Testament. They should be one book, the Bible. We should not discard one section of it because we think another section says something different. If it's contradicting each other, then it should not be together. So if Paul contradicts Christ, then Paul cannot be listened to, correct? I believe so, but Paul did not contradict Christ. You have to realize, when Paul was bashing the law, he was not bashing the Torah. He was bashing oral written law from the Jews called the Talmud, or the Mishnah. Those laws were insane. You cannot uphold the Torah if you were abiding by those laws. In fact, Christ called them out. Christ called them out point blank about taking on the law of the Talmud instead of the Torah. We will read that scripture right now. This is from the book of Matthew, chapter 23, verses 1 through 7. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, so do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do. Basically, they don't practice what they preach, so you practice what they preach, but don't preach what they practice and don't do what they do. That's what Christ was getting at there. For they preach, but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. Basically, they give you certain laws and tell you to do all these laws, but they aren't willing to do the laws themselves. They're man-made laws. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries abroad and their fringes long. So they made it to where you could tell that they were the Pharisees and Sadducees. They dress so well that you could tell it was them. And they love the place of honor at feast and the best seats in the synagogues. So they loved having the accolades. They loved the people thinking that they were great, awesome teachers. And greetings in the marketplace and being called rabbi by others. So they were more worried about the title 
and the good clothes and the seats and the accolades and the fame than they were following the law. Following the law of Moses. They were more interested in enforcing the Talmud and doing what they wanted to do than following the law of God. And Yeshua called them out for it. That's why they despised him and devised the plan to nail him to the cross. That is the whole reason. Of course, we know he went there willingly. He was the lamb led to slaughter. He went there and took on all the laws, all the punishments of the laws that they had broken, that the generations upon generation of humanity had broken because they did not want to follow God. Their hearts were of stone. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, you just want to be a Jew. No, that's not what I want at all. Not at all. I want to be zealous for Christ without being a zealot. I want to be zealot for Yahweh without being a zealot. Our Heavenly Father deserves our admiration, respect, and gratitude. He could blink us out of existence in a heartbeat if he wanted to. Luckily, he loves us enough to have a plan to bring us back to redemption. But we have to be willing and able to follow his guidelines. If you don't believe me, you need to pick up your Bible and read it. It tells us point blank. That's what he's doing through his prophets, through his divine teachers. Learn the context of his prophets and his teachers. Learn who they were writing to. Learn what the circumstances were, especially in the New Testament with apostles like Paul, Peter, and John. Understand who they're writing to. That way you can understand what is being written and what the, was going on at the time. Like, every letter of Paul is misconstrued. You see him contradicting himself over and over again if you don't know who he's writing to and why he's writing what he's writing. In part of Romans it says he's, a, he's zealous for the law. In other parts it says do away with it. Why would he say that? He wouldn't. Unless he was talking about two laws. But you wouldn't know that if you did not do your due diligence and study history and understand the difference of what he was talking about and who he's talking to and why he's saying the things that he's saying. There's no way you could distinguish that. But no one wants to go to the Greek or the Hebrew and find that out for themselves. They think the English translation is divinely written by God. No, the English translation was translated by men through multiple languages. So, we need to get to the root uh, words of what was written. If we do not do that, we will never truly understand what the Bible says. I've heard preachers over and over say that the English translation is divine from God. How can that be when it's been translated 20 different times? We have to get to the roots, which means get a Hebrew Roots Bible. Get a Greek Roots Bible. Those are the languages that these were written in. They will give you a better understanding. Also, look at the history of the Roman Catholic Church, dating all the way back to the beginning of it. That way you understand what has been taken away and what hasn't. And that brings up the Council of Laodicea in 364 AD. We'll go over two of the canons right now that they put into place. Two canons that went against Yahweh, went against God's word. The first one is Canon 29. 
it moved the Sabbath to Sunday. It moved it away from his appointed time. Saturday, or actually sundown Friday to sundown Saturday, is God's appointed time for the Sabbath. That is what is written in the Word. That is when it's supposed to be done. That is when you are supposed to take rest from your normal work. You're supposed to make it a holy day, a day set apart for God. From Friday night to Saturday night, that's when you're supposed to do it. Sundown to sundown. But they moved it because they didn't want it to be Jewish. That was their excuse. They were afraid of it being too Jewish. Because the Jewish people, well, let's be honest, they revolted a little bit. So the Romans hated them. The Romans hated them with all sorts of hate. They even burned the temple down in 70 AD, which is why we can't do offerings or anything else that we're supposed to do according to the law. You can't do it if it's not there. But they okayed working on Saturdays. They told Christians not to Judaize Saturdays. Now, where do we get all this hate on Jewish people in the church now? It started there. It started with the Roman Empire back in the first century. Then, Canon 37, they did away with the festivals again. So, they weren't participating in what they called Jewish festivals. Let me tell you something right now. The Jewish people weren't called Jews until the kingdom of Israel split from the tribes of Judah and Benjamin. That happened because Solomon followed false gods. King Solomon had wives that led him astray. So, during the reign of Rehoboam, God split the kingdom. And Jeroboam got ten tribes, Rehoboam got two. The Israelites then decided they were going to still go after false gods, make idols, build their own temple, do away with the Levites and all that, so God dispersed them. But as far as the festivals go, those are not Jewish. If you understand the context of the Bible, it is a pathway for righteousness. It teaches us how to do the right thing. It teaches us the way of good, the way of light. That's what it teaches us for all of mankind. Otherwise, you wouldn't have seen people like Ruth or Rahab or Tamar being allowed into the Israelite camp. They would not never have been allowed. You would not have seen Moses' children be allowed in or the children of Joseph. They would not have been allowed in because they were not of full Israelite blood. It was never about a bloodline. It was about a faith. A faith and an obedience to God. Once you understand that, you cannot say that those festivals are Jewish. You cannot say the Sabbath is Jewish. It is Israelite. It is set apart for the Israelites, which are God's people. They are set apart by their faith and their obedience. Not by bloodlines, not by race. So get that out of your head. It's not about being Jewish. It's about following God's laws to the letter. Now, I know someone's probably 
punched a hole in their wall or kicked something or got angry with me, getting ready to write me a nasty letter. Don't do that. Look at your history. Pull it up. The Romans were more interested in worshiping their sun gods than they were following the Bible. Paul even talked about it. He talked about it a lot. Galatians, he talked about it. I mean, seriously. He had to get on to them. So, Christmas, Easter, pagan holidays. They don't celebrate Jesus' birthday or death. They celebrate fertility and the winter solstice god or whatever it is, Saturnalia. That's what they celebrate. But the Roman Catholic Church tricked you into thinking they were Christian. Hence, the big problem, the big confusion in the church. And whenever someone like me says, hey, look, that's not a Christian holiday, that's a pagan holiday, people get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. Do your research. Look it up yourself. I'm not here to divide you. I'm here to open your mind up a little bit. Get you. If you want to be zealous for God, then be zealous for God and research everything. Don't listen to man. We went over uh, Ephesians 4 a few weeks ago about unity. And the only way we're going to unite is to get to the truth. To get to the truth, we have to seek the truth. To seek the truth, you have to do a little work. So I implore you to do the work and do the research yourself. There's no way you can get around it. Once you do the research yourself, and you do the work, you'll see that what I'm telling you is the truth. So please don't come at me calling me a Zionist or a Judaizer or a whatever else you want to call me. That's not the truth. You need to seek out the truth. Don't be calling names if you say you're a follower of Christ and you haven't done your work. You haven't seen the truth. You haven't sought the truth. You're seeking man-made doctrine. Don't come at me then. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to shut you down. I'm going to shut you down, and I'm going to give you the scripture, and I'm going to give you the background behind the scripture. That's what I have to do. Because we need the truth out there. Yes, the truth will hurt. Like I said, this is a tough pill to swallow. It was a tough pill for me to swallow, but I kept feeling something was wrong in the church, and I kept feeling God telling me, look at the festivals. Look at uniting the church the way it wants, that needs to be, the way I wanted it. So, that's why you're getting this. It's time to unite the church in truth. It's time to do away with the Baptist, with the Pentecostal, with everything, and just be what we're supposed to be, the way, the light the Israelites and we to understand that we have to understand the Bible the right way we have to understand what Christ really died for what he martyred himself for what he was the sacrifice for and the only way to do that is to learn the history of the times learn how to read the Bible the right way learn the circumstances behind each epistle in the New Testament and then Verify what the New Testament says off of the Old Testament. Test everything. Test what I'm telling you right now. That is the only way we get to the truth. And that's the only way we see the light and we truly get transformed by God. Yes, we are saved by grace. But he still asks us to do work. He still asks us to do work to be righteous. 
So I implore you, please do your research. I know this was a little different today. No current events or good news, but I felt it needed to be come out and be said. Because we are never going to unite as the body of Christ. We are never going to unite and be the light bearers we are supposed to be if we don't seek the truth and we don't start following what God tells us to follow, the laws he tells us to follow, the commands he has for us, the precepts. So, well, that's all we have for today, y'all. If y'all enjoyed it and y'all want a little bit more world history mixed with current events and a biblical worldview, hit that subscribe button. Also, check us out on WordPress. And remember, if you really liked it, rate it and review it. We well, all have a great night and a great day. God bless.